0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with G. Today, we have a very special guest, one of my fellow UCLA brethren, Mr. Alex, or you can call him Dr. Alex if you'd like. Um, (laughs) And we are going to be talking about UCLA sports. So I want you to give a little intro about yourself, and then I'll get started with the first question.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Very happy to be here. Uh, It's been a long time coming. Uh, big UCLA fan. Obviously, uh, I went there uh, with Govind. Um, and tons of family went there. Uh, I could do the whole list if you want. Um, but it's, it's a lot. Um, I grew up. Uh, uh, you know, two blocks away, and since I was a kid, we were going to to uh UCLA basketball games. My grandfather had season tickets. Uh, my dad used to go when he was a kid. My son, who's You know nine months now just uh, went to his first game about a month ago so very much in the family and excited to be here
0: nice yeah Uh, alex and i suffered through (laughs) the steve alford years we had one lonza ball year of fun and the rest were torture uh and maybe would have like two thousand people total in the games at the game some nights we'd sit at like the lower level for like ten (laughs) dollars it was nice to attend the games but there were some games i would just be literally alone by myself in all section. Yeah. It was it was the dark days and unfortunately football was also we had Jim Mora which was yeah. which was better I than was Chip. Fun. It was fun. Yeah. They had some fun games, but okay, we're going to focus on UCLA basketball. UCLA basketball has is the bread and butter of UCLA, right? Everybody cares knows UCLA is a basketball school. They yeah. don't care about football. Um this season has been awful. So, my first the first topic I want to talk about is is Mick Cronin a good basketball head coach? <laughs> go first
1: okay so i know your thoughts on this and i know you've made it clear on the podcast multiple times um it's in the public i think it is so obvious that he is a good coach i mean come on come on he is a good coach yes he has his flaws yes he gets a little bit too angry you know he's just like a little you know minion on the sideline (laughs) shouting at his players and his assistant coaches by the way he curses at them a lot um, but he is a good coach. Look at how we've been playing the past couple of games. Every single year, look how much better the teams get. He has a consistent record of getting his teams into the tournament and doing well in the tournament. Um, he has his flaws, but come on. You have to admit he's a good coach.
0: So you're keeping Mick Cronin long-term at UCLA? Of
1: course. Mick Cronin right. just said how you know a week or two ago that he wants to retire at UCLA. He wants UCLA to be his last job.
0: And no I've- college basketball coach has ever lied.
1: <laughs> I I would love that. If Mick becomes the next Coach K, then – I and, and I could see that. The next
0: Coach K? I
1: could see that. I could see that. Look, you know what? You know what? John Wooden had like a 500 record for his first 10 years or something at UCLA. Okay. And, and he figured it out. Mick has done a lot – a hell of a lot better than that. And we're on the upswing right now. So I, I'm feeling confident.
0: Okay. Um, well – couple points on that so alex knows my viewers know i'm pretty harsh i'm pretty hard on Mick cronin i think You're he has all
1: coaches every single coach you, I'm, you like this I'm hard, hard on all it, coaches game but, two.
0: but to be fair steve alford was awful we can all agree on that and chip yeah. kelly is horrendous even worse than alford i think yeah uh, so but mick cronin so i'll give him some credit right we had our final four run and we've had a couple sweet 16 runs um last year was our shot to win the national title but bona got hurt um and jalen clark got hurt it happens we had to play nuba you're not gonna win if you have to play nuba uh so that sucked and but but let's let's go back to those right so the final four year did mick really do a great job coaching or was the team underachieving until johnny juzang was just told to iso score i guess maybe that's his coaching is just let johnny juzang score but yeah. my, my problems with mick come down to the offensive system is not creative and it doesn't create easy open looks for people. Um, I'll I'll give you my three, then you can rebuttal them. So that's number one. His offensive system is ugly and ineffective. You can be ugly and effective and it would be fine, but it's ugly and ineffective. And I know Mick's slogan is when is uh fun is spelled W-I-N, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. but these games aren't fun this year and they're not winning, right? Um the Mick Cronin games have never been that fun. They're they're really ugly to watch. Um but but at some point, you can't just only preach defense. You have to have a good offense and offensive game plan. So that's my number one thing. Number two is his rotations are just baffling sometimes. And he, he, he clearly plays favorites with some players. And I don't know if that's to teach people lessons or not. But when we lost to North Carolina, why was Peyton Watson and Jalen Clark on the bench as Caleb Love is just going off? for a bazillion points and we have to watch Jules Bernard just suck against him on defense every time. Why do we have to watch Cody Riley brick, 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 and Miles Johnson just sitting on the bench? We should have won that game, but he he sticks to his guns. He just doesn't adapt to the game flow. He refuses to play the younger guys over older guys. For example, this year, I still see Nuba come on the floor for no reason. The team is terrible. Develop the young guys. Where's Where is where is Mara? I know Mara has his flaws, but you need to develop him this year. So that's my other major issue with Nick. And then my third major issue with Nick is he won a lot with Alford guys. Alford was a great recruiter, terrible coach. His final four run, I think he got Juzang as the transfer, but everybody else was an Alford recruit, right? Um, including Tiger. Uh, oh, wait, that's another thing. Sorry, four he puts players in roles that don't make sense. Tiger Campbell is Steph Curry now. Yeah. Adem Bona is the post-up scorer of the century. Like, what are we doing here, right? Um, but, so, sorry, going back to that. Uh, but recruiting, this year, he recruited seven people, right? Seven freshmen, uh, four international guys. Out of the seven people, zero of them can shoot at all. So like, where, I don't yeah. know. And, yeah. it, and it seems like his play style, he isolates recruits locally. I'm a little worried about our long-term recruiting prowess. I know we have one, one person signed for next year, Eric Feeney. That's it. Um, and I know Mick in Cincinnati is used to coaching lesser talents and bringing them up, but that takes some patience, right? You need to wait a couple of years. This is UCLA. You can't just be like only doing it in their third and fourth year, right? you got to be reloading every year. And the more and more you get these high-ranked recruits who then don't play like Watson, Mara is probably embarrassed. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. The more it's coming so those are my points against McCronin. i will give you the credit his teams do improve throughout the, the year and he yeah, does yeah. win but yeah okay, okay. all right
1: so, so, so starting with that first point the offensive system is ugly um and i'll i'll combine that a little bit with uh, uh your point about tiger campbell being steph curry and adem bona being like the the centerpiece
0: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: that is you know that's like cronin tactics right like the, you're basically criticizing cronin tactics So I think there is a point to that. Um, Every year we hear some like ridiculous, you know, scheme or plan that Mick Ronan is going to try to implement. Like you said, Steph Curry is uh, or or, uh, Tiger Campbell is going to be the next Steph Curry. We're going to have him shoot 30 shots a game and half of them are going to be threes, which obviously did not happen. Um, This year it was a Dembona is like going to be the centerpiece. They wanted to do that two post system, which I get. I get, you know, looking at the talent of the team. I think that that is a reasonable thing to do, but obviously did not work out in any way. And I think a big part of the reason we have won the last couple of games is because we went away from that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, every single year, it's like there's this crazy plan that he has. Um, this year, I remember uh, he said at the beginning of the year that a was gonna be starting by the end of the year, which seems a long lost dream. So I do think that there is a problem in evaluation Mm -hmm. But I really, truly think that over the course of the year, he makes the adjustments that other coaches are scared or unable to make. Like Steve Lavin, Steve Alford never would have been able to to bring those teams up. They just would have kept trying the same things that don't work. Mick Cronin makes those adjustments. Going back to Juzang, we were so frustrated all year how long of a leash, especially you, I remember remember multiple times.
0: He, 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 he's terrible. He got hot, and he's back to being terrible again. He's not good. Maybe. Okay,
1: true, true. Uh, I agree. So, yes, I mean, back to your original point, yes. I do think Juzang got hot, and I think that maybe Cronin gets a little bit too much credit for that. But you have to say that he does make those adjustments. We're no longer doing the two-post system. He's gone away from a Daimara who – you know, maybe can get six or seven minutes, and maybe should get more, but obviously is not what. Honestly, we
0: Adai Mara, if he just stayed in Spain, he would have been a top fifteen pick in the NBA draft. Now he yeah. wouldn't be
1: drafted. Crazy. I remember he was projected number one. It's insane. I don't know um,
0: which scout did that, but that's moronic. Yeah. I could yeah. watch his <laughs> minutes and say no chance.
1: Yeah, I. So okay, I mean that that I think is we'll yeah. get to that with the recruiting. So so the, the the second point, um, you said the rotations are baffling. Um. Oh, and let me
0: just let's let me on yeah. your first point, right? I do agree he makes adjustments like that over the course of a season, but he does not make them within a game, and that comes to bite you in the in March Madness because he did not adjust during the North Carolina game. Oh, the other thing that pisses me off about his lack of adjustments—he's a defensive coach, but why near the end of the game do we never guard the inbounder, and they <laughs> always just get a wide open shot to make a no. dagger?
1: Three. And it, yeah. he has
0: to learn from that every time it happens.
1: Yeah. No. The last, the last time, I think the ASU game. Yeah, the ASU game. We we guarded the inbounder. Finally, but we got, earlier in the year he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get that either. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like watching him in the games. Uh, I recently had the chance to sit, you know, in in one of the like the the donor seats. Thank you uh, to my cousin Josh and his girlfriend Becca. Um, shout out! I know they're listening. Um, <laughs> and Wait, you, we're gonna grow our viewer base with this. <laughs> So you can, you can see like we were, you know, I don't know, six rows behind Mick Cronin. He is livid. He is livid. Like on TV, you maybe see, you know, 10 seconds of him saying the F word or something, but he, like, I don't understand how someone that angry, he is like a little demon. Like, like I swear to God, you can see steam coming out of his ears. Yeah. Like I I honestly think he's too angry to make any adjustments. It's insane. Um, so yeah, I, I, I will give you that. I, I question, and that kind of goes to the rotations point, I question his ability to make in-game adjustments. But I do know in their practices, they are working hard and very much improving over the course of the year, which you can never say about, like, Steve Alford, for example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a good counterpoint to that. The rotations are baffling. Like, I mean... I, I do think it's the same kind of concept where in the beginning of the year, he has a plan and look at the roster. You know, the, the, he knew our, our guards are crap, you know, like McClendon. Yes. He's had a big improvement, but he's, he's not. This is
0: coming from number one, Will McClendon hater.
1: That guy is legitimately a good shooter.
0: And yes. I don't understand why nobody ever creates a looks for him to shoot. Like he'll come in the game. They should be running him off screens, pin downs. They should run that play Lazar always gets for Will. Yeah. But he, he does have a slow release. But he makes most of his shot. I'm shocked. If he could have done half of this last year, we'd probably make the Final Four.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, And, and you know, I, I do... I mean, they barely ran a pick and roll until, like, two games ago. You know, like, the offense was just... It was in total disarray. And those two points are, like, so... I feel like it's so intertwined because the rotations were terrible. This is what I think happened. The rotations were terrible because at the beginning of the year, Mick Cronin said, I'm going to look at my team. You know, we have good bigs. We have a Dembona. He's probably our best player. We have, have Burke, who's a good big. We have a Daimara who is projected to be the number one, you know, whatever. And then the that guards. Fired. What?
0: That scout is fired. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, the, and and yeah, whatever. And the guards are like, so, so. You know, we had Dylan Andrews, who I think a lot of us had bigger expectations for at the beginning of the season. He's been a little bit disappointing. Will McClendon and maybe Lazar, like, Lazar, like, you know, who is the former Sixth man of the year at Utah. Like I, Sebastian Mack, we all knew he was going to be like a dog and be, be confident and stuff, but nobody thought he had any potential to be like our best player potentially. So I I don't blame Mick Cronin. I think at the beginning of the year, he looked at the team and he said, we need to go through our bigs and we need to have two bigs on the floor. If you just look at the way our roster is constructed. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were doing all at the beginning of the year. They were practicing the high low for like months, right? Like it, it. And how many times was it implemented? Implemented maybe once against you know <laughs> like Seasun or whatever Shamanade or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like Chaminade. Yeah, and and it, it worked once, and a Bona got an amazing dunk, and we all got excited, and then we played one good team, and it never worked again. Well, um, they were
0: winning by like sixteen to Marquette, and then they just lost because yeah, yeah. But go ahead.
1: So so but I but to make Cronin's credit, he has adjusted. And especially in the USC game, when we had a big advantage with Adem Bona in our bigs, we didn't do the high-low anymore. We ran pick-and-rolls with Adem Bona. He got two great dunks, I think one with D.A. and one with uh, uh, Sebastian Mack. And, and he every single time, you could see they, they lobbed it into um Bona, which you know they've practiced a lot in practice. And if he got double-teamed, he quickly picked it out to people like Will McClendon for an open three. And we hit, what, 43% against USC from three? So they are improving and the rotations are starting to make more sense over the course of the season, but you are hundred percent right that he has his favorites and it makes no sense. I, I don't know why Elaine, Elaine is not playing. I think that there's, there's more to be said about that, honestly. Yeah. um,
0: My, I, my fear of that is, I think you're going to get into recruiting but, but kind of, but my fear is that we went big on Euros this year, but any of the euros watching this year's team, why would they want to come? Because yeah. they're not getting. My issue on this with the rotations and the rec- kind of in the system is that let's say Feble comes in, right? Sebastian Mack has been starting the whole year, basically. He he's our only person who can get to the rim. Da is fast, but he doesn't use his quickness for anything on offense. He literally yeah. just dribbles and gives it to someone. I'll get into Andrews later, but Mac, right? He can get to the rim terrible shooter but he can get to the rim and get fouls right he's a freshman right brandon williams a freshman um and lazarus lazarus a junior right so let's just look at these guys right so mac if he makes a mistake cronin like will go and say if he was on a good team he'd never be starting but he still keeps him in the game for some reason cronin still plays mac but let's say vide or feeble come in literally they'll come in cold yeah. Randomly in one game, like four minutes left in the first half, Cronin would probably be yelling, Get up, you MF or something. Yeah. Vida and yeah. off the bench, Vida's <laughs> probably like, Who me? You know who I am? Vida yeah. comes in cold. Some guy drives and he maybe makes one turnover or he gives up a layup. Cronin will immediately take him out of the game. Feeble yeah. immediately out of the game. They have no chance to get confidence or gain rhythm. And I think it's just doesn't make sense because Lazar, I, he's playing better the last few games, but he. I like to call Lazar the laser because <laughs> it's completely ironic. Cause that guy is a horrendous shooter, yeah. uh, but he can just play 38 minutes a game, make no shots and just Cronin doesn't pull him at all. Yeah. And I just don't understand that part of Cronin's coaching. I know he's trying to teach something, but if I'm an international recruiter, a high ranked recruit, I know people are saying like, Oh, they're not UCLA caliber or they don't buy into the Mick Cronin way. It's kind of BS. Cause like, give me a break. like, there's other great coaches who don't just constantly yell at everybody right so if I'm an international like quote-unquote potential first-round pick why would I come play for Cronin when these these guys were clearly promised an at least an opportunity and it's not like Dylan Andrews he had one good game right his last game at USC was good it's not like he's raising the roof as a point guard here he doesn't he's not a point guard at all he doesn't ever create shots for anybody and he's not that good of a defender either. So like Jan Vide is probably like I got a legitimate ch- shot to compete. He doesn't have a chance to compete. You can't compete in practice. You have yeah. to take what's in the game and he doesn't get playing time. Feeble yeah. is our best defender, and there's so many games this year where the other team would have a guy going off and Feeble would never get a shot at defending them. I just it reminded me of Jalen Clark the first two years.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I Feble I think is a is is a good like test case or a good uh you know example of of a lot of things i think that the the cronin staff last year totally misevaluated a ton of these people i think that's probably not you know they're not the only ones like adaimara was projected super high um i think uh i do think that we're going to be in trouble with international recruiting but i don't think that the staff really want to recruit internationally you know i think like we hired that one international assistant coach but He's like, there's some, uh, you know, uh, oh. NCAA rule where he can't go, he can't recruit off campus. I don't understand really what the point of that is. Of well, having, we lost our international
0: which, guy, right? Igor. I, I think yeah, yeah. He's yeah, at the, so like, of the Raptors now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and he was, you know, had this excellent class, which now apparently is not so great. But anyway, so like, it, it, I don't understand how they're doing these evaluations. Is it just the YouTube highlights? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um,
0: I think and it's that, hard because like the people of Mara we're playing against are twigs and they're, yeah. they're, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, so like the high school competition here is it's way better. better, but like v was on the, Cro- I think, Croatian national team. Right. And he was playing well against the USA select team. Yeah. So, like, you know, v can play. He just doesn't get a shot.
1: Yeah. Maybe there's something to do with like the culture shock and, you know, being at a U.S. college, like they don't have colleges like we have like the social environment. I don't know if that's true. I I, I was they don't trying to have a
0: Roccos in Westwood, right? They don't have a Rocco's.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, may, I mean maybe that's that'll that'll get to my uh my insider knowledge. So I don't know viewers I don't want to Yeah out. later
0: on we got we got a big scoop here. <laughs> uh, but, okay but but so, my, my concern is like international recruiting will be but he's also he keeps whining about NIL and yes. all these things and like so I'm worried about domestic recruiting too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so so the the for all you know, twenty one of our viewers, maybe some of them aren't as in the weeds as uh as we are with Mick Cronin's comments. So you alluded earlier, he said people like Sebastian Mack. Did he say his name? He did. He said people like Sebastian Mac would not be playing if Amari Bailey was still still here. He didn't say Bryant. specifically
0: Amari Bailey, but on a good team, Mac wouldn't play more than he Mac would be like the seventh man or eighth man. Or yes, somebody. yeah, That's yeah. It.
1: And I think there's, I think he also was talking about Elaine in those moments too, because Elaine must have some attitude issue. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make, make sense. sense. Um, I, I don't know, or, or maybe it's just Mick being crazy. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. So it's
0: the stubbornness. He's he's stubborn.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Um. So, but but here's what I'll say about the the rotations and the recruiting. The people that all of the fans really wanted to play. I'm thinking of like Jake Kyman, Peyton Watson, Miles Johnson, like you said earlier, um, Abramo Sanka. Sanka. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They're you know how many of those guys have really panned out? I mean, I don't. I don't hate
0: Watson has panned out. Watson's yeah, panned out. I know
1: he's he's playing well, but like he's not lighting the world on fire like Hawkes is, who was Mick Cronin's guy. You know, so I I don't know. I I. I have a feeling like there's more to it. Like, you know, Wait, was, Mar- l- let me go
0: back. Was Hawkins a McCron recruit or was he?
1: No, oh, I think he was a Allford recruit. Yeah. But he
0: was only coached by Cronin, I believe. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
1: And also, he, like, he was McCronin's guy. Like, that is the quintessential McCronin player, you know? Yeah. And, and I would argue Jalen Clark, too, although for a long time he was not McCronin's guy. It doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's confusing. <laughs> it's yeah, confusing. it's
0: confusing. I I think that's that's my main issue. There there seems to be he's consistently inconsistent in some ways, but then very yeah. consistent in other ways. Right. And I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just irritating to me. Yeah. Uh Like, there's no reason to be yelling that much at everybody, yeah. and there's no reason to have that short of a hook for some players, and then okay. the longest leash. I'm sure the like Fibla and Vite are on the bench, like. What the hell, Mac just turned it yeah. over for the seventh time. Why can't I get a shot?
1: Yeah. What about what about Burke? Like he was yeah. playing more minutes last year on like a professional team yes. than he is this year. It's crazy.
0: Burke, like, another guy who's probably regrets coming here because he would have been a top fifteen pick.
1: Yeah, I am worried about recruiting. I think if if something does Mick Cronin in, it's going to be that his relationships with recruiting places are are torched. The same thing that happened to Ben Howland. Um, It's you know he. Yeah, he's angry. He When he has five-star recruits, they sometimes don't play if you end up on Mick's bad side. Like, I think it's very easy for the Arizona coach to recruit against Mick, unfortunately. Arizona and, yeah, coach recruits
0: our, good international people.
1: Yeah, well, that's the other thing, too. Like, how many good international players are there, really? You know, like...
0: Kentucky like, guy looked good.
1: His, yeah, the Kentucky guy is good. But, I, like, honestly, I think it's, like, one to two a year. You know, like like
0: legitimate game changers,
1: probably. Exactly, yeah. Like Tubelis was was great, but where is he now? He's like playing in Slovenia or something, you know. Like and care Chrisa from Arizona also like he was terrible though. Yeah, like I mean, he was he shot yeah, them out of games all the time. And like, and I was looking at like you know like the Gonzaga teams like they have you know good um good international guys, and now that's you know kind of uh, gone to Arizona too. They've started to pick up their international recruiting, but. Really, I don't. Just I just kind of question if it's like a true good source. I think they last year it's clear that we whiffed on a on a lot of good guys like Steaakovic,
0: guy like Steaakovic, Collier, him Isaiah, shooting, Collier. yeah,
1: yeah, and and the guy that went to Gonzaga, Dill, Dusty, Stromer. Dusty Stromer, and and last minute Who we was went
0: Kyle to- Kyle Filipowski, Duke, right?
1: Filipowski, yeah. Those guys were all like
0: we were in the final three or four for yeah. all of them, we missed every single one.
1: Every single one. And they had to pivot last second to international recruiting. And it's impressive that they were able to do that, but it represents an error. Like something Mick got recruited against. We whipped on the transfer portal, portal to what the, what the hell we got. Laz- Lazar. Like, I mean, he's good, but. You know, not come good. On, he's he's yeah.
0: mediocre at
1: best. So, so I really, you know, something is, is wrong with the recruiting. I'm scared about that. And also the NIL we all know UCLA, you know, we don't, we're not Tennessee, we're not USC, you know, we we're, we're, we just don't, people don't care as much, you know, like, people are not going to be donating. Have you donated to, to Men I, of Westwood? I have a
0: monthly Men of Westwood, 50, oh, 50 bucks. I'm good. 50 bucks Thank a month. You. That's Thank what I can you. do right now, hopefully. I want to up it, but like,
1: the the podcast has to blow up first. Yeah, the podcast, podcast had to blow, blow up for
0: me to up it. But yes. but just going back to all that, remember the the transfer portal. They whiffed on a couple of guys. I think the guy who went to UConn, Cam Spencer from Rutgers.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah we whiffed yeah.
0: on him. He would have been amazing. And then yeah. remember Reese Dixon Waters was supposed to sign, but oh my Mick, god, yeah, Mick wouldn't promise him a starting. Are you kidding me? Yeah, please yeah. start. Mick should have been like, please Reese start.
1: Yeah, I mean that 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 was looking so bad. if we had him.
0: We just had Reese, Dixon, Waters this year starting, we would be in the tournament.
1: We would be in the tournament. I agree. Just, yeah. Why it's...
0: can't you guarantee him a spot? Who cares? Yeah. I know you have to work hard, but when you have a team as bad as you do, someone with experience who's a good shooter, who's yeah. a playmaker, give him the spot. I mean, I couldn't I... remember the article he had signed, and then like two hours later, he's like, he's going to say SDSU.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that Mick will soften on that. I think he has to. You know, I, I don't think you can be this hard nosed. Like, I'm not going to promise anyone anything. We don't want five stars here. Like, I just, I, it's not sustainable. It isn't.
0: And and just let's let's look at the recruiting class for this year, and let's let's yeah, the, and what lineup. So we got Feeble, Vday, Burke, and Mara as the four international recruits. Then we got Devin Williams and Brandon Williams, Um, and then we got Lazar the Laser. Right. So of those recruits, Lazar is he he does play hard i'll give him that but yeah. he plays like 38 minutes a game with unlimited leash, Ridiculous. and, and every out of bounds play is only for lazar
1: yeah it, and it makes it and and by the time he's played 30 minutes he's not gonna hit a shot the rest of the game they don't even have to guard him
0: and usually for the first 30 minutes he also doesn't hit a shot so <laughs> um so he's a nothing he shouldn't be starting i think he was a lot la- like you were saying we we failed on all the other transfers we took lazar because we needed someone yeah, uh, yeah. And then the, the U.S. guys, Devin Williams and Brandon Williams, I actually really like. Devin Williams the last game in the U.S. He shows bounce. He's not – it was crazy. Like, you'd think yeah. – he's not scared of Cronin at all. He came uh-huh. – never plays. He was shooting shots. He was like, yeah. I like it. I like that. And yeah. he has bounce. He needs – he's a twig, though. But he has yeah. bounce. plays hard. Um, I think he's going to be a good stretch big. Brandon yeah. Williams is going to be good. He's the youngest yeah. – one of the youngest players in college basketball. Um, he graduated high school early, I believe. He is – he is a dog. He's going to be yeah. he's going to be a good power forward.
1: Yeah. He, I think he, they're he, better
0: than the international guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of this is an old school UCLA uh comp. He reminds me of Ryan Hollins. Ryan Hollins when he came into yeah. UCLA. We knew he was athletic. He was super lanky. He had like no technique whatsoever and then I think he stayed three years. And by his third year, he was blowing up. He was dunking on everyone. He had like four blocks or five blocks a game. It was amazing. I think that Brandon Williams is going to, is going to blow up just like that.
0: Do you think Brandon, Devin Williams?
1: I'm sorry, Devin Williams. Yeah.
0: Brandon Williams is more of a small forward, power forward hybrid kind of guy. But I think this is going to sound stupid, but I think he could develop a Hawkeyes like game.
1: Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing. I trust our, the coaching of our big Darren Savino. Darren Savino is my man. The assistant coach. That is in charge of the bigs. He oh, yeah. really...
0: How is he done with Kenny? Tell me. He's been six Who's years. Not... Come on. Are you kidding me? Who can coach Kenny? But Why he's... does he play?
1: That's he a crazy decision. Because
0: That's he a missed team. a wide open dunk. We lost Arizona. We should have yeah. won. Arizona beat Arizona. If he... That was a huge momentum. Mara, I, I understand he's small, but Kenny is so bad. Yeah. He, doesn't he look out of shape too? I don't know.
1: I don't know, dude. Kenny, I love him. But yeah, he's not, he's not a rotation player. I mean, everyone knows that.
0: So let, let's get to the starting lineup of this year's team, right? So we got yeah. Dylan Andrews, Mac, Laser, um, Burke, slash Williams, depending, and then um Bona. So point guard, Dylan Andrews to me is the biggest disappointment of the year. I thought he was gonna have one of those stupid now, but Russell Westbrook-esque like first to second year. Because last year when he came in, we were all so excited, right? He would be a yeah, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. But what you realize is he he wasn't really a playmaker last year, like offensively. He wasn't like the the lead. When he's the lead, he's not a point guard. He no. doesn't create offense. He doesn't drive to the rim. He'd no. be a much better six man than he is as a starting point guard. Yeah.
1: He he is plain scared. You know, he he just he and Mick Cronin said this when we were like, you know, seven and, and twelve or something, had just lost like four in a row. We we did not have a leader. I think that and and uh and get ready because I'm gonna drop my my insider knowledge. Yeah. So I think I think that this year because we took so many guys because the guys that we new guys I mean because so many new guys came in because the guys that stayed just don't really have that character they don't have that leadership mm. trait we got screwed and and like you said we were so close um in in the Hawaii classic or whatever and Things just fell apart and i think we just lost and on top of that with all these new guys you have mick cronin yelling his butt off after that if you notice he was a little bit quieter for the next like three or four games mm-hmm. um, especially after gonzaga but i think with all these new guys with the lack of leadership um with mick cronin yelling his butt off people just did not have the mental fortitude and i think that starts with da like da i remember at the end of last year Tiger Campbell, like there was, you know, all this uh, speculation as to whether he was going to stay. And he posts this Instagram story and, and it's a picture of him and Dylan Andrews. And he's saying like handing over the keys to Dylan Andrews. And that was his like farewell to UCLA. Okay. It's confirmed. And I was excited. You know, like you said, when we watched Dylan Andrews last year, he was a firecracker. He was super fast. He could get a ton of steals. He got really nice fast breaks and layups. It seemed like he was, he tries really hard. Like you said, he, he's like, he's a solid guy, but the mental the mental leadership and the mental aptitude are just not there and so so dylan andrews missed a game mm-hmm. earlier this year and it was a, uh, it was uh very confusing why he missed it he wasn't injured he wasn't injured he was just
0: and there was um, no information released on it really i don't think there was no
1: information released on it except from we have the locksmith now we have the insider <laughs> okay this guy Found out some information. I have some sources that are high up in the, you know, UCLA Wooden Circle or whatever. Um, and what happened is he smoked weed.
0: Oh. He
1: smoked weed. You heard it here first on Sports Talk <laughs> with G. This is the only place this information has been released. Not on Bro. Not on you know Twitter. Not not yeah, anywhere.
0: And this is free.
1: Then this is free. Okay. <laughs> Or you know, next episode maybe because of this we're gonna to have to add a subscription model. Where you get the inside pieces from the insider. But mm-hmm. this this is this is hard cold facts right here. He missed that game because he smoked weed and he got caught. What are you doing smoking weed in the middle of the UCLA basketball season? This is go time, and it was right in the middle. Like it was right when we had that you know six game streak where we lost four games. I think it was right after we lost to UC Riverside. Yeah. Well, what I are you doing? I can't believe DNA? those
0: words were uttered out of your mouth. But yes, we did. Riverside and yeah. Cal oh my god
1: yeah. it's it's ridiculous like like dude don't be smoking weak you're supposed to be the point guard you're supposed to be the leader the quarterback on the floor the coach's eyes and ears on the floor I've never seen it from him and you the know the problem that...
0: is yeah like you can we can say it but people have it or they don't have it right Russell yeah. Westbrook had it yeah uh, Dylan Andrews like like I said I think he'd be better off as a six man I think they should try V-Day as a point guard I really do but it's not going to happen. Obviously, it's not going to happen. V-Day can barely get two minutes in a blowout, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. going to happen. My my concern is that Dylan Andrews, we, we don't have a point guard coming, and Feeney's not a true point guard either. I think we really yeah. need a transfer a transfer point guard leader. And I think Tiger, if he had stayed, he would have made more money in NIL than whatever he's doing now. But
1: Yeah, I think Tiger was just, you know, I don't blame him. He was in college for like, what? <laughs> Six years, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I,
0: Dylan, I, Dylan Andrews, my most disappointing. Sebastian Mack, I didn't know much about him before coming in, but I like him. I think he's he can get a bucket. He's the only person who can get a bucket. Nobody yeah. else can go to the room, So he's fine. But small forward Lazar, I think we've talked about Lazar enough. He should not be starting. On, he's not a UCLA caliber starting um, small forward, yeah. but on this team I think he has to start. Yeah. Excuse me, talking Turk <laughs> Um I think he has to start. But the power forward position's been switching off. I know you had mentioned earlier they started with Mara and Bona, yeah, Burke. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Burke?
1: I think he's good. I think I think he deserves more playing time. I think he's one of the few guys like Mac that doesn't feel scared of shooting it. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and we need to utilize that. And he can he has a little bit of an ability to like post up and create his own shot. He's not like Bona where you need to be, you know, five feet away from the basket for it to go in. So I think we should use him more. I, I and and I think that hurt us when he was out at the beginning of the year because I do think Bona and Burke can start together and should start together. They um, they
0: I agree with you 100 percent Burke has a lot of potential. He needs to shoot more. I think he should demand. He is in the post a lot, but I our guards other again coming back. This is a will transformation. He's the only one who can get the ball in the post. Yeah. Mac and Andrews have no clue how to pass it into the post.
1: Yeah. I honestly think we'd be better off if Will McClellan was starting over D. That's D.
0: what we're gonna get to, right? So what what is what is the insiders ideal starting lineup and first three people off the bench
1: um all right so bona obviously i mean no no question i think next is burke berke uh, say it right berke sorry Wait, try his last name Byung Tunchal. Byung Tunchal. yeah I can't say it pretty good uh, <laughs> uh okay so bona Burke. Ber- uh i do think sebastian mack has to be there um here's where it's got it gets tough I, I i think that our point guard should be will McClendon. i think he's a leader our, our point guard yeah He can't really dribble i mean like
0: but but at the same time we talking dylan andrews barely beats the press anyways he has to pass it out so i guess it maybe doesn't yeah. matter
1: yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm comparing it to yeah i know you're gonna say jan vide um i don't feel like i've gotten enough minutes from him to really yeah. tell like he does make a lot of mistakes. And he just gets pulled immediately when he makes them. So yeah, I don't know. But
0: I mean, it's one of those things where like pressure creates pressure, right? Right, right. It's it just compounds. He he doesn't get to play out his mistakes like Mac does. He makes a mistake. He's on the bench. So he, he's like he's like playing with stress, which we know, like a psychiatrist, right? right? You know, the more anxious you get, the worse your anxieties. It just perpetuates.
1: And everyone has a different tolerance. And his is just not, not that high, I don't think. Uh, so the, who's the fifth guy? So the small forward, I think FIBLU like, you know, I I mean I I'd rather have him in than Lazar, but Lazar, I don't know. It's a tough. What do you think? I, tough. I
0: think- so I, I I thought it was easy, and then when I was trying to do it, is it's not yeah. that easy. So I think at the beginning of the year, just if I had not known any of these things, right, beginning of the year, I would have done a. I would have probably done what Mick did because we came in with like Mara is this like remember the stretch big who could go to the three point line but, well. Let's see. So yeah. Dylan Andrews, I was confident was gonna be our point guard. Yeah. Shooting guard, I hated Will McClendon because I thought he was terrible. Yeah. So I would not have started him. I would have probably based on practice, Mac is probably dominating. So Mac, yeah. I think you got it. you brought in the transfer who is supposed to be a good shooter. So it made sense, right? As a small forward and then um Mara and Bona and see what happens so I don't fault Mick for starting the, the year that way but what I do fault is that I just see the same damn lineup every game like right, luckily right. he got rid of the Mara Bona combo because that was yep. a disaster but like what I would do now is I don't think I could I don't think I would put Will as this point guard I would just move Sebastian Mack to point guard okay. I would put Will as shooting guard and then I, I mean, I think we have the same lineup. I think it'd be Fible at small forward because now it's kind of a lost season. This is a development year. We're not yeah, making yeah. that turn. It's a development year. I don't care what Lazar does. It doesn't yeah. matter. Right. So give those minutes to Fiblet. Yeah. Right. And Berke and Bona. And then the first guy's off the bench. Lazar, Lazar would be a great guy
1: off the bench. So yeah. This was agreed. More. I mean, yeah. He was six man of the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would put Lazar, Andrews. Um, uh, Mara and uh Vite, as the four off the bench. Kenny i yeah. would never see the floor. Um, wait, no, I forgot Brandon Williams. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not that tough, right? So, uh, backup point guard, I put Dylan Andrews backup point guard, and then um, Williams backup three four as Lazar Lazar also three four backup. Um, and then Vide. Coming at point guard, Mac could move to shooting guard, and then Mara as the backup center. That's right. probably what I right. would do. I'd remove Nuba from the rotation, but it right. is tough. I I'll i I'm not gonna criticize Mick for because it is tough, but I think you have to make some adjustments. I yeah,
1: don't. I agree. I agree that it's a development year. I think the only shot we have, you know, it could there could be a miracle we win like, you know, our next 10 games and we get an at-large bid. I think that would be Or we
0: like, win the Pac-12 tournament.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the more likely thing is we you know, either Arizona gets knocked out early in a, in a fluke game or we win in the final, which I think is super unlikely. We've done that once yeah. in all mixed years, and Arizona travels so well to Vegas. We should go. Um, live. We can do a live podcast. That'd be cool. Good. We'll get um, interviews with every. We'll get interviews yeah.
0: with Martin and Press. Nick
1: and yeah. Darren. <laughs> I want to get an interview with um, Ben Bolch, the, uh, the author of oh. okay the author of a uh, hundred things that UCLA fans should do before they die. He's the LA times beat reporter for UCLA. Know, ben yeah. He has so much uh, insider knowledge. So yeah, let's do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm down, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard. So I I think you and I both agree. Yeah. Developmental year. I think next year, if we don't lose a bunch of people to transfers, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried these international guys are going to go to like Arizona, Gonzaga or go back home because yeah. Because like the problem is that most of these guys aren't gonna graduate or leave, right? So mm-hmm. like Dylan is definitely not leaving. Max not leaving. Bona maybe he comes back. I think he'll probably leave though. Um, and uh Lazar's obviously not leaving. Where is he gonna go?
1: So Mick, Mick has said that a bunch of people are gonna leave. He has. Yeah, he's he. I mean, he's kind of alluded to that. He said like, you know, if you don't if you don't play well, then you're not gonna be a UCLA player anymore. Kenny has
0: been he's, a UCLA player for 6 years.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, and and that just means whatever it means for Mick. Like if you don't try hard <laughs> in practice, if you make a lot of mistakes, I I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely alluded to like potentially making some hard decisions and not offering spots. Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. see. So, so I I don't know who is going to who is going to leave next year, but i think that mick may like force elaine out you know like i think he might force some people out it's kind of crazy
0: anyways i'm losing my voice
1: (laughs) (laughs) is there any other so who do
0: you think is gonna leave ucla bruins next year
1: yeah so i mean bona 100 percent right he's he's at least declaring for the draft i think if he gets terrible feedback then maybe he comes back. If he gets a great NIL, NIL package, then maybe he comes back. But you have to think he's going to leave, especially how after this year went, he's not getting any you know media attention or anything. So Bona's gone. I think a couple of the Euro guys are going to leave. I mean, Jan vide like, why would you stay? You know, why would you stay? You're just going to get recruited over or Mick is going to keep you in the doghouse. You're not getting any minutes. Like, I would transfer out for sure. Or go back to slovenia and try to get better. i would
0: if i was him i'd try to i'd try my best to get to gonzaga or arizona
1: yeah that's probably a good move yeah he's probably going to be better it, it's it's so sad it's so sad that you know we're that that's even consideration but yeah it's probably the best thing um i elaine i i i'm worried about him too i think he has a good shot of leaving and mara i think is the other guy if you...
0: Ilani makes the least sense to me because he seems like the prototypical Cronin player who's like defense long. He's literally Jalen Clark, who literally yeah. hit the side of backboards on multiple three-point shots, but he defends his ass off. And if he played, he is a legitimate, long, athletic yeah. NBA-caliber. He'll develop into an NBA-caliber defender. I don't know about yeah. his offense. But Mick should love this guy.
1: Jalen was the exact same way. Remember like his first year he played? Not at all. His second year... He played like in spot minutes at the center position and would when, dominate. Yeah, and he and he did really well, but he still only played like six minutes a game for some reason. I have no idea why. And then his third his third year, he started blossoming, and everyone was like, "Duh!" Like we saw this coming, you know, two years ago. So I don't I don't understand. That's why I think there must be some sort of attitude problem with Elaine. Like, like I remember Mick said in some press conference that like, oh, he had his best conf- he had his best uh, practice the other day. And I was like so excited, oh, he's going to play a lot next game. But he didn't play at all. So like, yeah, I, if I were him, I probably would leave too. As much as I hate to say that, I think he is going to be a star. But
0: I think I would leave. And if I was Mara, I'd get my ass out of you see. Yeah,
1: I'd One get other thing I'll say as the insider, um, I'm going to pull up some evidence of my inside. Uh, oh,
0: you pull it up just on, on Mara, right? Um, the kid, I think he was promised a starting job. Even though Mick didn't promise it to Art Sticks and Waters, I think he did promise it to Mara because it was a it's a big deal to get him out of his, he was like under contract. And he came over here. I didn't ever realize, but he looks like he's 13, 14 years old. Yeah, he's yeah. tall, but it's he great. is a twig. And yeah. so if Mick did promise him a starting job, I think that was disingenuous because like, give me a break. Like if me and you, we're going off high, If I saw this guy in person, right? Yeah. And you where you saw him going against like Adembona, like no, he's not going to be starting. He needs a year of workout. I know he missed the summer workouts that might have derailed things, right? Too, but yeah. he needs a year in the weight room before. Yeah. I think he probably at needs least. two years to at develop. Least.
1: Yeah, at least a year. Yeah. And so
0: he, he has touch on offense. He has soft touch, but he is so small. I mean, I I think it was a it was a misjudgment in recruiting by Cronin, and a miss. I I personally I don't have any. I'm not the insider here, but it feels like. Some of these guys may have been misled,
1: yeah, I, I could see that okay, so so here here, you know, you can see I have sources yeah. that's me right there for our for our listeners on Spotify, that's me um, and uh, the athletic director, um, you yeah. know uh, just hanging out at the uh, at one of the most recent games. So uh, I will tell you this. Adai Mara is happy. Yes, I don't know what his expectations were for right. the season i assume he expected to start or at least play you know 15 minutes a game but he is a happy camper he maybe has some recognition that he's not ready yet i mean can you imagine him in the nba or even the g league he would get whooped and he would be back to spain i actually and...
0: think he would get whooped at high schools
1: yeah you're probably right he, he would be back to spain in, in six months right um so maybe he had some knowledge and he was kind of like i don't know why i'm being you know selected number one or or, uh, (laughs) number one but he is he is happy and and he i could see him staying for that reason and maybe you know darren savino my man like he develops big guys well so maybe he does stay um and the thing i'll say about the the evaluation is everyone had that wrong zaragoza hit uh, adai mara's old team they fought tooth and nail like they were threatening lawsuits To, to have a daimara stay like what like was he was he really that good like i don't understand I'm Was he? Me. it doesn't I remember make
0: tracy was right re- in his write-ups was like maybe he could on bro shout out tracy on bro but i remember I, we both were reading right like this this is a guy who could step out to the three-point line and hit shots and maybe defend like he would play power forward on offense but center on defense yeah. he would play power forward on defense and yeah offense i was like imagining these like carl anthony towns rudy gobert capo. but then yeah. i was like i saw him i was like he has touch on offense but like i think guards could run through screens that he sets. yes
1: yes i remember are you talking about like watching youtube highlights of him and yeah. being yeah and it didn't match up it, it, he's he's slow he's lanky yeah he's, i remember
0: there's there was a youtube highlight video i was like these these guys look like people i would yeah. play against
1: yeah i do think his passing is elite like there's no question about that his passing is elite, and we could use a lot of that. Like I think, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not Cincinnati. Uh, it's not Cincinnati basketball to give it to your center and and let the center, you know, find you. Well, the
0: they post up Nuba all the time, but uh, but no, I mean that's good news because maybe I mean I was happy at UCLA. I loved UCLA. Like yeah. pe- people yeah. love UCLA. It's that's not thing. maybe yeah, he that's... maybe he wanted a college experience. Maybe not everybody wants to just like get there for about. Ba- I know I personally again i'm not insider i think amari bailey regrets going leaving early because he yeah. would have been this team and amari bailey would have been a superstar in college basketball this year he would have gotten so much nal money he would have been a first round pick next year i have no doubt in my mind that if we had amari bailey this year we'd be in the tournament at least the sweet 16 yeah. he left and he's in the hornets g league and the hornets are the worst team in the league he can't get minutes right so yeah. i think some of these guys nowadays with college if if UCLA can get their NIL in order, and that's a big if because UCLA is, at, doesn't care about athletics. I I think I was reading some article. They get the least contribution towards athletics from the main campus of as anybody.
1: Yeah. No. I it doesn't doesn't the athletic department have to like loan money from the main campus? It's ridiculous.
0: Probably. It's. I remember like the, the bass that athletic department has to rent out Poly Pavilion. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's what it's I stupid
0: meant, yeah. like that. We got to get more books in the library. Give me a break. And yeah. this is coming from pe- two people who went to school for a billion years. Give me a break. Like everything's so, online. We don't need more of this. Just you need the sports <laughs> teams bring up the, rep, the the whole school, right? Yeah. Uh, but maybe Mara just likes going to uh what's the yeah. what's my favorite dining hall? Um oh. Deneb,
1: He <laughs> loves like plate.
0: Yeah. Can't love working out at Wooden Center because that place is trash. But he gets his nice basketball building. Yeah. Maybe he, he likes a, to go to Rocco's little That's Monica.
1: Westbrook Court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Monica's pizza slices. Maybe he's like. <laughs> I Do you share know. your Rocco's experience with the listeners?
0: No, we we'll get into that in a future episode. But yeah, I mean, my my main concerns. I think we we talked a lot about this right already. But I think we both agree recruiting is a concern. Yes, I think his coaching adaptations are a concern. I'll give him this. He's he is a good coach. I he, UCLA with, wow. their, with the amount that they can pay, which is apparently nothing, for coaches. He's the best you're going to get. Right, and I I take him over Rick Barnes, who is the who is. Wow. The under- but I do think it's, it's also fair. Like Mick, there's like these supporters on who like anytime you criticize Mick, it's just like blasphemous. He yeah. has flaws and they're very obvious flaws. Yeah. yeah. Another one of his flaws is like, when the other team goes big, why do you always have to go big, Mick? Why can't you go small? Yeah. I get it. You don't have to play Nuba and Bona together. You just don't have That's to do it.
1: That's like the Rick Pitino, like, you know, old school coaching. Like it's just not it doesn't make sense and like we like what some of the most exciting basketball we ever watched as as ucla fans was when Jalen clark was playing the five you yeah know, that was that was fun to watch and i don't think mick cronin knew like he just doesn't feel comfortable with it you know like That's he doesn't it just why it can't just he, why can't
0: this is the youngest team they're super athletic why can't you run up and down the floor
1: you would probably be way better he's just not capable of doing that He he puts the gear he puts the you know, the brakes on, that's just how he is. One one thing I'll say though, with the the NIL, I I completely agree. I'm worried about the future. You know, I'm worried about the UCLA donor base and I'm worried about the administration. I do think that we probably have the worst administration in like of all the, you know, top 50 basketball teams in the country. Um, But the chancellor, the chancellor is retiring, uh, Gene Block, I think in June and I never perceived him as someone that really cared about athletics that much. Um, even though, you know, we had a lot, especially with the Olympic sports, we've had a, a, a lot of good years under him. Um, but yeah, women's,
0: the, women's basketball is doing great this year, by the way, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But compared to people, UCLA legends like Charles Young, you know, he and J.D. Morgan, the old athletic director, uh, Charles Young, the old.
0: Morgan Athletic Center. Yeah, they
1: they they knew that athletics – matters for alumni for donors for national reputation um it, it does matter and i hope i hope dear god I, I i kind of doubt it because you know we're ucla fans and we're used to the worst things happening to us but i hope that we get a chancellor that cares about sports specifically basketball and football
0: yeah, i mean the, that's the main way the school gets back money like me and you aren't going to donate to the med school we have to i have to pay like a bazillion dollars to go there right yeah. but like yeah. athletics actually brought brings joy and pride right. and like people right. like bond over sports and it's very controversial for some people to like like athletics is a big waste of money like i don't think people realize they're like self-funded at UCLA. Yeah. Like, they have yeah, to yeah. find everything and like they have to get these deals and things like that i don't know i think it's the most important part of a school that's why my undergrad i hated because there was no athletics like d1 yeah. athletics. they're finally d1 but it'll take like 30 years for uc san diego to be anything in division one I,
1: um, yeah, imagine my like, UC San Diego's NIL landscape. It's, it's, it's probably exact. like
0: $10, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. we do have great labs to do biology experiments. <laughs> uh, yeah. But,
1: but yeah. that's the problem too, because the people choosing the chance are the UC regents and they're just arrogant. You know, they don't, they, and, and I don't, honestly, I don't really blame them. Like the UC system is like a gem of, you know, academia. And like we discover all or the UC schools discover all these amazing things and they probably think they don't need athletics. And you know, whatever. But that's just, I just- Why do they
0: think UCLA is the number one global brand? Is it because of the, the med school or the science labs? Like I've been into those, like-
1: Have you heard do, of Gleevec? You know, we discovered Gleevec. We had like 16 med school lectures on Gleevec, the medication. That's we why, why we're so many lectures
0: one. on the most useless things. Med school could have been condensed into literally five months. You should have just done what your specialty-
1: I, I mean, I don't- know. I liked learning about two things: embryology and Gleevec. Gleevec is very important medication.
0: Yeah, we, we can have a whole discussion on how useless med school is
1: uh, for yeah. some
0: things. Like some things, it's useful for. But I think now, as a practicing doctor, you use like maybe <laughs> half a percent of what you learned in med school. All right,
1: we're getting we're getting off topic. Way to too long. long.
0: Okay, and, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. We're gonna we're gonna say, are you gonna predict? I want your bold prediction. Is UCLA gonna make the tournament this year?
1: I'll go with yes. I'm I'm feeling optimistic. You know, we we've had a couple games with
0: Arizona, it would have been a more legitimate shot. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah. And we had a really good shot. We had until Kenny Nuba missed that dunk. If Kenny Nuba plays less than five minutes a game, that's my for the rest of the year averages less than five minutes a game. That's my bold prediction. We won't make the tournament.
0: Okay. My bold prediction and my hope is that UCLA, they've they've turned it up the last several games. They should have beat Arizona. They've won their other games, crushed SC speaking of. USC is trash at basketball. Oh my god! And Bronny James should not be drafted. He's yeah, not good at basketball. Um,
1: he will be, but yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but people are acting like he's gonna be a first round pick this year. Are you, that's all the the whole broadcast was just talking about Bronny, and he did. I didn't even notice him on the basketball court.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like looking for him, and he, yeah. I mean, I don't know. His don't know. his but, heart thing. I don't. But I, don't I think
0: know. that yeah. I mean, he had the heart issue, but he's yeah. he's playing now. But I think UCLA is gonna go on the run. But I don't think they'll win the Pac-12 tournament because I think it's gonna be too tough. I think they're gonna miss out unless they get that crazy one year. Remember, Steve Alford got in the tournament somehow. Yeah, yeah. Unless they something crazy happens. They're have they have a losing record now. It's not gonna happen. But I, I think they're gonna have momentum building up to the end of the year, such that I'll have more faith, hope, and faith for next year. So okay. that's my prediction. Super uh, bold. Super uh, bold. Super <laughs> bold. It's not great, but we have talked a long time. So we're going to wrap this episode up. We're going to have more basketball talk with the the insider here, um, Alex, and we'll also be talking football as we come up to football season.
1: Thank you very much for having me. This was really fun.
0: All right.